First uh, Kings chapter 13. Uh, look with me in verse 11. Now there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel. And his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The words which he had spoken unto the king, them they told also to their father. And their father said unto them, What way went he? For his sons had seen what way the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his sons, Saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass, and he rode thereon, and went after the man of God, and found him sitting under an oak. And he said unto him, Art thou the man of God that camest from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said unto him, Come home with me, and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread, nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said unto me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat no bread, nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. He said unto him, I am a prophet also as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. So he went back with him and did eat bread in his house and drank water. And it came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, For as much as thou disobeyed the mouth of the Lord, and hast not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back, and hast eaten bread, and drunk water in the place of the which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread, and drink no water. Thy carcass shall not come into the sepulcher of thy fathers. And it came to pass after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk that he saddled for him the ass to wit for the prophet whom he had brought back. And when he had gone, and when he had gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him, and his carcass was cast in the way, and the ass stood by it. The lion also stood by the carcass. And behold, men passed by and saw the carcass cast in the way, and the lion standing by the carcass, and they came and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. And when the prophet that brought him back from the way heard thereof, he said, It is the man of God who is disobedient unto the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord hath delivered him unto the lion which hath torn him and slain him according to the word of the Lord which he spake unto him. And he spake to his son, saying, Saddle me the ass. And they saddled him. And he went and found his carcass cast in the way, and the ass and the lion standing by the carcass. And the lion had not eaten the carcass, nor torn the ass. And the prophet took up the carcass of the man of God and laid it upon the ass and brought it back. And the old prophet came to the city to mourn and to bury him. And he laid his carcass in his own grave, and they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. You can be seated tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you tonight for all the work that Hold the Rope Ministries is involved in. Thank you, Lord, tonight for Brother Dale and his family. And Lord, that they have the zeal. As he, as he said, he loves to go to Knoxville. And Lord, I'm glad that when you call us to do something, you put a love in our heart to do that. I ask tonight now as we stand to preach, I, I pray that you would help us. Uh, we certainly stand in need of you tonight. And Lord, there's somebody here tonight that probably needs some help and needs some direction. 
I pray that you would tender their heart up and soften their heart, that uh, they would take correction or direction, whatever is needed, and Lord, that they would make application into their heart and follow you. There may be somebody here tonight that's lost, that does not know you. I ask that you would save them, that they'd come to the place of repentance. And Lord, that they'd come and get saved. Would you help us now? I pray that, Lord, as we leave here, that we would not only leave different, but better how we came in. And we're going to give you the glory for it. I ask you to save that sinner's nearest hell. For all this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, by way of introduction, if you look back at the earlier part of this chapter, uh, you'll find that God sent the man of God in verse 1 down to Bethel uh, uh, and that to testify and that against the altar uh, uh, that was there. King Jeroboam had uh, set up uh, idol worship and he sends the man of God down there and that to cry out against it. And in verse 2 it said, And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord. So he has followed God, the man of God has. He has went as he is supposed to go. Uh, he has preached as he is supposed to preach. And as a matter of fact, he makes a prophecy here and says, Behold, a child shall be born in the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priest of the high places that burn incense unto thee, and men's bones shall be burned upon thee. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, you go on over and you read uh, about Josiah and his kingship. He actually goes into the tomb uh, uh, and digs those priests out and burns their bones on that altar. He does exactly that. And so as he was preaching against the altar right there, uh, uh, King Jeroboam reached out his hand uh, and put it forth against the man of God uh, and his hand withered uh, uh, and out of all the nerve that the king had, uh, uh, he, asked, he, asked, he asked the man of God uh, uh, to pray and restore uh, uh, his hand again. Uh, the hand that reached out against him, the hand that directed uh, his men to slay uh, or to take him in, uh, it was his hand that was withered. Uh, but he said, lay hold on him. And his hand that he put forth uh, dried up so that he could not pull it in again. Uh, and then he asked the man of God to pray for him. Uh, that takes some nerve, don't it, tonight? And by the way, he did, and God restored his hand uh, in verse 6. You'll find that as he preached against the altar, the altar was rent in verse 5, and just like God had said. So the man of God is going the way that he is supposed to go. He is preaching the message that he is supposed to preach. Uh, and here in verse 7, the king said unto the man of God, Come home with me and refresh thyself and I will give thee reward. And the man of God would not go. Uh, he said, I'll not eat bread or drink water in this place. In verse 9, and this is very important, for so was it charged by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread nor drink water nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way and returned not by the way that he came to Bethel. You say, why did God tell him that? I ain't got a clue. 
He said, well, that seems such a little thing uh, uh, for him to do or for God to ask. I don't know why God wanted him to not go back the way that he came, uh, nor to stop and eat and drink water. That I don't know why. But I do know this, that's what God said. I don't know why God gave us some of the commands in here, but he did. Now it's very important for me and you to get a hold of tonight. We may not understand why God has said what he said. It's like raising children. Your children don't understand, mom and dad, why you say some of the things you say and want them to do some of the things you want them to do or not do some of the things that they want to do. It's because you know better and they don't. And some of you young people in here tonight think I'm crazy or think your parents are crazy, but they've been where you're at and they're trying to keep you out of trouble. Amen. I remember when my daddy told me not to run around with one boy. I remember when he told me that. I couldn't understand that, but all he was trying to do was keep me out of trouble. That's it. He knew where that thing was headed. I don't know why God told him to do what he told him to do. I don't understand that, but I do know that he told him to do that. And so he repeats it for the king. Uh, He said, God told me to come. Don't go back the way that you came and don't eat no bread, drink no water. Not here. And so he takes off. And we picked up reading in verse 11 about the old man, about the old prophet. And he goes out and he finds the prophet and uh, he wants him to come home with him. And, and, and the man of God in verse 16, uh, when the old prophet said, I want you to come home uh, with me and eat bread, he said, I may not return with thee nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, that's important tonight. God had told him. He had not assumed it. He had not made it up. He had not dreamed it. But God had told him. Thou shalt not eat bread, eat no bread, nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. So he knew, let me say first of all, number one, he knew the word of God. He knew what God wanted. He he knew what God had told him to do. He went and done it. God performed his job. The altar was rent. I I mean, even when the king reached out against him, God protected him by letting the king's hand wither and dry up. And so the man of God is not only doing what God wants him to do at this point, but he's actually seeing God move. Boy, ain't ain't you glad when you do something that you think God wants you to do, you get to see God move in it. Man, I love it when it gets like that. I love it when, uh, listen, I, you know, sometimes I'll uh, either be sitting up here or be sitting on there. Uh, somebody will be doing special singing and God will say, just have them sing another verse. Uh, somebody needs to come. And, and boy, I kind of prod the singer to sing again and, and invite you to come. Uh, and you come. That makes me feel good inside. Why? Because I know that I was paying attention to God uh, and, God, and, and He'd done uh, what I needed Him to. Amen. I got to see Him move, you see. The man of God, first of all, he knew the Word of God and at least the will of God uh, 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 to do what he was supposed to do. Can I ask you tonight, do you know the Word of God and the will of God for your life? This is the Word of God. I think every one of us in here tonight can read and at least 
uh, some form. This book, they, they tell me that uh, the King James Bible, uh, it averages out to about the sixth grade education in reading. Uh, I've, I've learned how to make my reading better by reading this book. Amen. I've, I've learned how to read better by reading this book. Uh, listen, when, when me and you, I want you to get this tonight, uh, uh, that, that when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, uh, and if you're saved, that's where you're going to meet Jesus Christ at. He's going to judge us out of that book. Don't you think if you're going to be judged against something, you might want to know what's inside of it. You might want to read it. But we shouted her out this morning. We're going to shout her out again tonight, ain't we? Amen. If y'all that wasn't here this morning, I'm being funny. We sure didn't shout it out this morning. I think most of us know uh, the will of God and the word of God for our life is to stay separated out of sin and to be obedient unto Him. Now, our Christian life is truly that simple. It is for us to read this book, uh, uh, to, to understand it, and God will give us understanding in it uh, uh, if we'll just read it uh, uh, and then perform it and do it when we understand. You know, I'll give you an example tonight. When you read what the Bible says about Proverbs 20 and verse 1, that wine is a mocker and strong drink is a raging, whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise, that ought to tell you stay away from it. Uh, Proverbs chapter 23, we look in verse 28 uh, or verse 29, who hath woe, uh, who hath sorrow, who hath contentions, uh, who hath babbling, who hath wounds without cause, who hath redness of eyes, they that tarry long uh, at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine, uh, look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright, uh, at the last it biteth like a serpent, stingeth like an adder, Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Let me stop right here and say years ago, and I think I preached on this one time when I was preaching on liquor, that Mickey Gilly back in the 70s sung a song that all the women get prettier at closing time. Some of y'all will remember that. I grew up with that kind of music. Okay, I grew up with that. Some of y'all could listen to that and it would not bother you and you'd say, Preacher, why would you want to listen to that? Hey, but some of that music brings back some things out of what I grew up with. Friend, I just don't want that stuff there anymore. Amen. I don't want to remember that stuff. But he sung a song, All the Girls Get Prettier at Closing Time. Why? They were drunk, that's why. And that come out of the Bible, by the way. He said, look now not upon it when it's red, when it gives its color in the cub, when it moves itself right at the last, it biteth like a servant and singeth like an adder. Then I shall behold strange women, uh, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Uh, yea, thou shalt be as he, uh, as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, uh, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. Uh, they have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. I remember one that I worked with years ago. I told y'all this story sometime back. Uh, his name was Sam. I can't remember Sam's last name. I remember he'd come to work one day, had on big old sunglasses, uh, and, he, and he took his sunglasses off, and, and he was black and blue on his face and in his eyes. I said, Sam, what happened to you? Well, we was out drinking last night. And they just beat the fool out of him. 
He said, all I could do was roll over on my belly and try to protect my face. And they like to beat the fire out of him. I don't know why, but I know right here it says, they have beaten me and I failed it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. Why'd you read that? Well, the Bible tells us and warns us, and this is just one thing that it warns us against, liquor, about alcoholic beverages. You and me need to stay away from them. Why? Well, I mean, he says, who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds of alcohol? You know, I can't stand a drunk. And I've been around some of them. I worked with some of them. I worked with one old boy, bless his heart. Bless his heart, he couldn't work until he had about a 12-pack in him. I mean, he'd get the DT so bad. I mean, he would get them so bad, he'd shake, and he couldn't work, and he'd have to leave work, and they wouldn't fire him, and he'd have to leave work, and he'd go get a drink of six-pack, a 12-pack, and he'd come back to work, man, he'd work like fighting fire. I remember that he'd come in, he'd come in an hour before I would, and I remember as I'd walk through the plant, and I'd go through and make my list for the day of what I was going to have to do, and look at everything. I remember when I went through his department, it smelled like a brewery in there. Man, wouldn't you hate to have that kind of life? That you couldn't operate your body without having alcohol in it? He said, wine's a mocker and strong drink is a raging. And here's the problem. And who is soever is deceived. We understand about adultery. Proverbs 6 said, But whoso committeth adultery with woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound in his honor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. You know what I'm preaching on tonight? I ain't told you the title of the message yet. But you know what I'm preaching on tonight? We should know better. This man of God, for what he got himself into, he should have known better. Every one of us in here, most of us, I know we've got some folk that have just started coming. I'm so glad you're coming. uh, But but I'm telling you, I've been here for almost 22 years. This January will make 22 years. I've done Bible preaching for 22 years. Most of y'all ought to know better about some things. I should know better about some things. Even Even if you didn't read your Bible at home and try to understand some things, at least the Bible preaching that has come out of this pulpit, you should know better. King David should have known better. I mean, but what did it do? It got him in trouble, didn't it? Should know better. But I want you to look at something in the text verse. Look in verse 18. The prophet knew the word of God was doing the will of God. He was not going to go back. He was not going to drink water and eat bread in that place. He was not going to do that. But in verse 18, the old prophet came to him, and he said, I am a prophet as thou art. And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. He knew the will of God and the word of God, but number two, he was lied to. You know why most people, most Christians mess up? They believe a lie. 
They believe a lie. Now it's either a lie by the devil, and boy, he is a he is a tailbearer, ain't he? I mean, he's called old Slewfoot, you know. I, I mean, he's called the accuser of the brethren. I, I, but the Lord Jesus in John 8 I said, You're of your father the devil, unless your fathers you'll do. He was a murderer from the beginning. Did you catch that? He was a murderer from the beginning. Not a liar from the beginning, but a murderer from the beginning. But then he talks about the truth. He said, In abode not in the truth, because there's no truth in him. When he speaks of the lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So the old prophet lied to him. Now when somebody lies to you, you've got one or two options. You can either believe it or not believe it. So here, uh, uh, the man of God decided to believe the old prophet. Don't know why he decided to do that. I know why Eve done it. Because when he lied to her and said, Oh, thou shalt not surely die. For the Lord, for God does know that in the day that thou eatest thereof, that thy eyes should be open and that you should know good and evil and be as the gods. So the Bible said in Genesis 3 that when she saw that the tree was good for food and good to make one wise. And I believe it was good to look at even at that. Let me go back there. I don't want to tell you something that ain't in there. I don't want to lie to you. I'm sure somebody would have corrected me tonight. It was pleasant to the eyes. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. She ate of it because she was lied to. And she believed the lie. The man of God, the prophet, went back with the old man of God. Why? Because he was lied to. And you know what the devil's telling people today? Oh, the Bible ain't, it, 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 ain't, it ain't all right. Is that really what's going to happen? I mean, it's really when the preacher talks about that liquor and talks about that alcoholic beverage, I mean, that don't happen to everybody. That happens to somebody. Not everybody dies in a car wreck from drunk driving, and you can do better than that. And You can do it at home and not drive, and you can do it in the privacy of your own home. I'm just telling you now, he said, he that is deceived thereby is not wise. I don't know why he believed him, but he took hook, line, and sinker, didn't he? I don't know why David thought that he could get away with adultery with Bathsheba married to Uriah, knowing that that was Uriah's wife. Y'all have heard me say this before. When all that should have come to a grinding halt, when they said, this is Uriah's wife, he should have stopped. Should have put the brakes on. But he sent for her. And y'all know the rest of the story. And he ends up getting in a mess. And I mean, she gets with child. He ends up having Uriah killed. And I mean, he's trying to hide all this mess. And friend, you can't hide it. Numbers said, be, be sure that you sin will find you out. He lies and tells you you never get called. It'll never affect you like the Bible says. It's not going to bring trouble to you. Yeah, it will. 
Let me say this. <laughs> when you hear from somebody or something that is contrary to what you know to be the truth out of the Word of God, <clears throat> won't you stop for just a minute and ask God if He changed His mind about it? And that'll be one of the shortest conversations you'll ever have with God because He's going to say no. I often wondered why the young, or I won't call him the young preacher, but I often wondered why the prophet did just not stop for just a minute and look up to heaven and say, God, have you changed your mind? I don't understand that. I've thought about that. I've wondered about that. Somebody else lied to him and maybe he was hungry. Maybe he wanted to go back and eat. and Maybe that's something he wanted to do so it sounded good. And boy, the, the prophet comes and tells you, hey, I'm the old preacher and, and God by an angel spoke to me and said, bring you back and everything will be all right. And you better be careful who you're listening to. You better be careful. And here's what happened, verse 19, so he went back. Oh, he's in trouble. So he was lied to. I kind of wonder if, if he knew better, but that's something he wanted to do. Satan will lie to you. He'll try to get you in trouble. He'll try to get you to fail. He'll try to get me to fail. And if you don't think we can fail, then, then, then you're already heading in the wrong direction. And if you're not concerned about serving God, you're already there. If you're not worried about pleasing God, you're already there. You're already failing. You know who else will lie to you? And this, this bothers me more than anything. You will lie to you. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. And when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. Sin was finished, bring forth death. We'll do what we want to do because that's what we want to do. And we'll lie to ourselves about it. We'll deceive ourselves. Satan probably ain't nowhere around on some of that stuff. And we'll deceive ourselves. You know, if you go over and you look in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter, 1 Corinthians 10, you don't have to go, I'll go over there. 1 Corinthians 10, he, he's talking about some of the sins that, that the nation of Israel committed. And 1 Corinthians 10, uh, when, when he talks, well, let me start in, in, in uh, verse uh, 5. Uh, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things uh, were our examples to the intent we should not lust uh, after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, or, uh, were some, as were some of them. As it is written, uh, the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither tempt us Christ, let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by of the serpents. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Now pay attention, verse 12. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. He's been talking about sin this whole time and then he says if you think you stand you better be careful or you're liable to fall. 
Verse 13, there had no temptation taken you but such as common to man, but God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted by that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able uh, to bear it. So he warns them about their sin. He said Israel was our example, our example of all these things. And then he says, if you think you're standing, you take heed with some things, lest you fall. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful of paying attention to yourself and listening to your heart and not listening to God and God's word. Well, I wish he would have just stopped and asked God what God thought. If me and you will do that with an honest heart, we'll keep ourselves out of trouble. If we're headed in a direction that we don't think we need to go, I'd say stop. He said, preacher, I ain't got no scripture. If you don't think you need to be headed that direction, I'd stop. I'd woe up. But number three, there were some consequences because of it. So he went back in verse 19. He did eat bread and drink water. And it came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet and brought him, that brought him back and cried unto the man of God that came from Judah saying, Thus saith the Lord, for as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord and hast not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back and hast eaten bread and drunk water in the place of the which the Lord did say to thee, Eat no bread and drink no water, thy carcass shall not come unto the sepulcher of thy fathers. Didn't know how quick that was going to take place. Didn't know that it was going to come right away. May have thought he had a little time on that thing. I mean, God didn't tell him. God didn't tell him what, uh, how long it would take. God didn't tell him what was exactly going to happen. He just said, "Your your your carcass shall not be buried in the sepulchre of your fathers. You're not going to get back home." I believe tonight there is some saved people in heaven. God has done took them on because of their sins. God has done to come on because of their disobedience. So preacher, do, do you really, I do really believe that. I think, I think sometimes God's had enough. You're saved, uh, uh, you're, you're besmirching him, uh, you're giving the enemies an occasion to reproach, uh, uh, and God's had enough. Yeah, I ain't gonna say it'll happen all the time. I do thank God for his long suffering. I do thank God for his warning. I do thank God for his admonition. Thank God for the preacher that will warn people of their sin tonight. Amen. But I do know what Romans said. For the wages of sin is what? Death. You fool around with it long enough, it'll get you. It'll get you. We think sometimes that saved people can't, can't get back out into the world, but I'm going to tell you tonight they can. If you want to, you can do what you want to, but I'll guarantee you God will eventually come knocking. He's going to show up somewhere. And you're going to have to do it. Going against Him, calling you and warning you and exhorting you to come back and convicting you and eventually chastening's going to come. I believe this is pretty swift. I do not know why God was so swift right here. I don't know. I wish I could tell you. You might have an idea why God was so quick to snuff him out, but God was. 
I mean, he saddled up and got gone after he had ate uh, uh, and drunk and, and, and he got on the road. Uh, and the Bible said right here, and when he was gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him and his carcass was cast in the way and the ass stood by it and the lion also stood by the carcass. And, and, and you could say, well, the lion was hungry, but you'll find right here that he didn't eat, he didn't eat the donkey uh, and he didn't eat the carcass of the man of God. All he done was killed him. That's it. All he done was killed him. Now, if y'all remember in the, in the message that I preached on this the last time, if, if you look in verse 25, and behold, men passed by and saw the carcass cast in the way, man, he will put you on display. He will put you on display. You just mess around long enough. Say, so, preacher, you're preaching like I'm, I'm about, that I'm in sin or going to sin. Man, I'm hoping you'll let this serve as a warning. When I look at this, I try my best to let it serve as a warning. Man, I don't want to mess around with this thing. Man, he has saved me and he has kept me and he has took care of me and all he wants me to do is live for him. That's it. I owe him my life because he gave his for me. And the prophet ended up dying because of it. One that was doing the will of God and the word of God and because he messed it up. You know, sometimes we don't get to go back and fix what we messed up. We think we can. We think, boy, if I mess it up, I'll, I'll get to go back and apologize and I'll get to fix Sometimes we don't get that chance. So you know what the old man of God done when they come in and told the story about what they'd seen? And the, old man, and the old man of God had some nerve too. I mean, he lied to him. He's the one that got him killed. And when the prophet that brought him back from, from, from the way heard thereof, he said, it is the man of God who was disobedient unto the word of the Lord. Man. Therefore the Lord hath delivered him unto the line which he had torn and slain him according to the word of the Lord which he spake unto him. So he goes and he gets his carcass. He goes and gets that old dead body that's laying out there in the middle of the road and he brings him back home and he buries him. Man. I sure don't want somebody to have to come and stand and preach my funeral because I messed it up. That, that literally scares me. There, I'm going to be honest with you tonight. Well, and, and I'm not, and I'm not saying this bragging or anything, but but I gotta be careful how I say this. Just let me say this: that scares me. That 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 scares me. Because, because I, I don't understand why God was so swift. I don't understand why God done what He done, but He did. Let's bow our heads tonight.